Welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe that one conversation can change a life. So today we're going to be continuing on. It is still October. It is still Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So in our last episode, we covered a lot about domestic violence. We really took a deep dive in looking at the cycle of violence, what those relationships, the patterns that they take, what they look like. We discussed forms of manipulation and abuse, and we also introduced components of a healthy relationship as well, so we know what to expect. So in this episode, we're going to be providing really useful insight on how we can talk to victims and survivors in the most appropriate and trauma-informed ways possible. So perhaps after last episode, maybe you realized you sort of recognized those unhealthy or abusive relationship signs and a relationship of someone that you know or love. Or maybe you were left kind of feeling, I, I wish I knew how to have these conversations. What if I do recognize those warning signs? And so this conversation today is going to be really essential in understanding how we can navigate having these conversations. Absolutely. So there's actually a tool that we're going to be sharing with you guys. It's an acronym, so it can be easy to remember. Keep it in your back pocket. If you ever find yourself in a conversation with someone who might have experienced violence, you can figuratively pull it out of that back pocket and have that conversation in a way that is survivor-centered. We really want to focus on that and focus on empowering the person who is sharing their story because that's what it's all about. And it really makes a huge difference when that person is able to disclose to someone who believes them and supports them and just really centers them in the conversation. So the acronym is TALK, T-A-L-K. The T is for thank them for telling you. It is such a brave act when someone decides to share their story, no matter in what scenario it is. So if someone is sitting down with you or however this is happening that they're sharing their story with you, thank them for trusting you with that. They saw something in you that they thought they could tell this story to. And so make sure that you acknowledge that. Thank you for trusting me with this story. The A is ask how you can help. So sometimes they might be telling you this because they have an idea of how you can help with something. Sometimes they have no idea what to do, but make sure that you ask, ask how you can help. Maybe they don't have an idea of something right now. Maybe they literally just wanted to tell you and that's you listening is all the help that you need to do right now, but make sure you ask that question. The L is listen without judgment. This is so important because this, like we said, is such a huge thing to disclose uh, to someone that you're talking to. And so it's so important for that person on the other end to really be listening, active listening. You know, we'll talk about what that can look like and to just hear out their story and take it as it is without showing any kind of reaction on your face, you know, just really being there for them, centering it around them and listening without judgment. The K is keep supporting. So they shared this with you and now you can keep supporting them. If you asked how to help and they came up with something, follow through with that and keep supporting them through doing whatever it is that you both decided on could possibly help. Sometimes keep supporting means 
maybe just check in every now and then. Maybe they don't, they aren't ready to do something right now, but you are that trusted friend or whatever the relationship is. And so just keep supporting in that role that you have. Before we go over a few talking points that you can use when supporting a victim, please remember that every situation is unique and different, which means your response will also be unique and different each time. So with that being said, it's really important to talk to the victim in private, right? So provide the safe space in a place they feel secure. And that space may look very different. Um, it's really making sure that you are providing a space that they would feel comfortable in. So really asking them and kind of getting that consent as well, right? So pretend, you know, they say, I would prefer to talk to you in an enclosed area, right? And you find an enclosed area, making sure that that enclosed area you find is something that they're comfortable with. Um, also respecting confidentiality. So keeping that conversation private and to yourself. That way they know that they can count on you and your support and that you will keep that conversation private because abuse is really difficult to talk about. And the last thing that person wants to feel is to feel like you're going to go tell others, right? Um, for Like Brianna mentioned, they, they're trusting you with something that is so important and so critical. Um, and that to them, you know, is really hard, that may be really hard to talk about. So you wanna make sure that you're providing them with that confidentiality. Also, it's really important to sit with them at eye level. So this will allow the victim survivor to feel comfortable um, and not intimidated, right? So that way they don't feel like you're hovering over them. Um, at times, you know, not talking to them at eye level and talking down to them, right? Not purposely, um, but you know, maybe they're below you and you're standing and they're sitting and you feel like you're um, talking down to them. That may make them feel intimidated. That may make them feel like, you know, they're below you. Not only that, but it may remind them or trigger them of the abuse, right? Because the other person may speak to them in that way, in a very aggressive, demeaning way. And so it's really important to kind of provide them with the eye level um, conversation and to make them feel like they're an equal, like they're being respected. Also, it really allows them to feel listened to and like you're respecting the conversation, you're being attentive. Also, another do is use language they understand, like be mindful of the words that you're using. Um, use words that they can easily understand. And if for some reason they're not understanding that language, elaborate for them, right? That way you know that they'll be able to understand where you're coming from and you're able to get your point across. Also, you can paraphrase um, what they said or vice versa to, again, kind of ensure that there's some understanding. Yeah, and that's super important, right? And I think something we've all done, if we don't understand what that individual is maybe trying to tell us or trying to say to us, is asking them, right? Asking them for clarification or if you can say it a different way. Um, and that might seem sort of like an awkward thing to do, right? If we're really genuinely listening, we don't want this person to think, you know, we are listening to them. Um, but really, it's a way to show respect, right? Because if I heard your words, but I don't quite understand, this is clearly important and I want to understand. And so giving them an opportunity to kind of ensure that that happens, right? So I can provide the, the best support possible, really, right? And so to continue on with this list of things that you can do in these conversations, uh, one thing is just make sure that you're being mindful of any kind of emotional response you're going to have. This could be a really difficult thing for you to hear. Someone's experience with an unhealthy or abusive relationship, yeah, it might be really jarring, really triggering, really 
uncomfortable, right? Or even scary for someone else to hear. But if we start to really overreact, let's say we really seem visibly shocked or disgusted or upset, think about what that can do to that person, right? The level of courage, the level of how difficult it was to probably start this conversation in the first place, because these are all things they're going through. They're unfortunately possibly used to this behavior, right? And so if they reach out to you for support and you seem disgusted or shocked or like this is too much, that might be a big reason for them to kind of feel too uncomfortable to move forward or not continue to discuss this or disclose with you or see you as a source of support, right? So we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to shut us down from this person possibly continuing this conversation with us. And so the next thing we can do is really affirm this person that asking for help was a great thing to do. I, I think I've used this and it's not like, it's not like this is a pre-recorded line I have that I make sure I say as part of my job. It's always been genuine from me. But anytime I've had a disclosure, I've always said, thank you so much for telling me. And I feel really honored that you trust me enough to talk to me about this because I do. It's the things that I've heard and the situations um, that people have really let me into to provide that support, it, it really is it's a genuine honor, right? After some of the things that people have been through. And so reminding them of that, this was a big step. Tell them, you know, you're courageous for doing this. You are powerful for doing this. You know, I'm proud of you for doing this. And that kind of a narrative, last episode, we talked a lot about, you know, kind of the negative or the, you know, possibly verbally abusive things this, this person might be hearing, right? Or the blame that might be shifted on them for what they're experiencing and the abuse that they're going through. And so it might seem simple, but just providing them a different narrative, right? That you are brave, you are powerful, you are courageous. That's going to be a really big first step in that person possibly being able to heal from this, right? And so the last thing we want to do, and it kind of speaks to that, is just make sure that we're providing a space that has support, uh, love, if we know this person, and emotional security. So going back to that non-judgmental platform, going back to we're not really having huge emotional responses that make you know us seem like we're shocked or disgusted. The more we provide that open, non-judgmental platform, just let people tell us as much or as little as they want to, let them know that we're here just to support them it's obviously gonna be a little more comfortable, right? For them to continue forward and see us as that source of support. Absolutely. And one other thing that you can do in having these conversations is tell them that they can have their own feelings. You know, they might be coming to you with this story and maybe they've heard similar stories and heard people reacting to similar stories and should be thinking that they should be reacting in a certain way that they're not actually feeling. Remind them that their feelings are their own. Uh, one of my favorite quotes to remember is feelings are neither right nor wrong. They're just feelings. And so you can remind them of that, you know, feelings come up and those are your feelings. You own them, you get to own them. They, no one else gets to say if they're right or wrong. They're your feelings. Remind them that they deserve independence. So we talked about that in last episode, going over the wheels, that independence is something that is present in healthy relationships. And you can remind them that they are deserving of things that exist in healthy relationships. Unfortunately, they might not hear you out right away, depending on where they are in the relationship, but it's totally worth it to remind them, you are worthy of respect you deserve independence, you deserve a healthy relationship. 
just reminding them of that because maybe they haven't heard that before. Maybe they haven't been around an example of a relationship where that has been present. They haven't seen that modeled for them. So maybe you're the first one to tell them that. And then lastly, on our list of what to do in, those, in these conversations, be mindful of your language and your purpose. I know we've talked about language a few times, um, being mindful of how you're coming into the conversation, what words you're using. If you don't understand language that's coming up, make sure you clarify, but also being mindful of your purpose. You know, I, I know none of our listeners will do this, but if you're in that conversation and thinking, oh, who can I tell this to immediately after I get out of this conversation? You know, be mindful of your purpose. That person is there because they're trusting you with this and they only want you to know or they would be also telling all those other people. So making sure that your intent in that conversation is where it should be on the survivor. So moving on from what we should do, we're going to go into some of what uh, is not as great to do in these conversations. Yeah. And so first on the list is don't use leading questions. So making sure you're asking open-ended questions, like, can you tell me what happened? How did that make you feel? Opposed to, you know, I bet that made you sad or assuming how they feel, right? Or kind of putting words in their mouth. So it's really important to empower them to tell you what has happened and asking those open-ended questions. Um, you know, you sometimes assuming or asking why questions can really make them feel judged or make them feel like you're stereotyping them. Also, don't sh don't show shock, disgust, or anger um, in regards to the abuse. So if they're sharing with you what has happened and details in regards to the abusive relationship, it's super important that we don't use, that we don't show any type of shock. Our facial expressions can say it all at times. And due to that, we have to be mindful of that, right? So take into account your posture, your gestures, your facial expressions, overall your body language, right? You wanna remain calm so you're projecting that to them. And that also can, I'm, I'm a big um, believer in regard to like, you know, people being able to feel your energy. So with that being said, like making sure that your energy seems calm and relaxed and there's a sense of understanding so that they feel open enough to be able to communicate with you what has been happening, um, how they're feeling and more details in regards to the abuse. So it's important to not try to rescue the victim. So we all naturally want to help someone who we care for um, or, you know, love or who we feel like is in need of help, right? So sometimes we go into this rescue mode where we're like, you know, I'm going to remove them from the situation. I'm going to tell them what to do. I know exactly what they can do to fix it, right? So it's really important to try to step away from the fix it option, right? Um, the victim already has someone who is telling them what to do and controlling them. And we don't wanna do that. We wanna model you know, a healthy relationship behavior. So what that looks like is providing them with options and really empowering them to decide what they wanna do, right? Um, and whether victims decide to leave, stay in contact with their abuser or remain in the relationship, it's really important for us to be supportive of the person, right? We're not supporting the abusive relationship or the abuse, we're really just supporting them and letting them know that we are here for them. Um, we're not going to try to rescue them or tell them what to do, but we're simply here to support them and make them um, feel like they're not alone because a lot of times that's what they're feeling. And that's a lot of times what really kind of creates more isolation 
their abuser are already isolating them and controlling them and having and has gained so much power over them. So we want to make sure that we're empowering them, that we're making them feel, you know, not alone um, and isolated and making them aware that, you know, we hear them, we're here for them and we'll be here to help them through it. And think about that level of isolation too. I know last time, right, last episode, we were talking about the unhealthy, the abusive behaviors. And we, I mean, we really highlighted, right, that isolation was one of the most crucial components to these abusive relationships working. And if we decide, right, we're too frustrated, if this person, after having a conversation with us, decides to go back, right, and be in this relationship, the level of isolation really starts, right, when people start saying, that's enough, fine, if you wanna go back, then I'm not dealing with it anymore, right? I'm not gonna be here for you anymore because people do, they, they I think they believe it's supporting the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of I'm supporting this person. And so once everyone's kind of had enough and that person really does not feel supported, then that level of isolation, yeah, that's huge, right? That's gonna be, a really big component of why maybe this person does not decide to continue to get help. Absolutely. Yes. yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Lisa and JC. So continuing on our list of what not to do, don't say that you understand when you don't. And that can be easy to fall into if you have experienced violence yourself, and maybe they have, they are going through something similar definitely stay away from saying you understand because it's impossible to really ever be in that person's shoes. You know, myself coming to this work in these conversations as a survivor, I can't tell anyone else I understand because I have not been in anyone else's shoes. Something that I like to say when you feel like saying I understand might fit is instead replacing that with I hear you because it gets the same point across of I'm, I'm soaking in what you're telling me, but it's not telling them, oh, I get it, I'm there, because you never really will. Uh, next up is don't become too emotionally involved. So we talked about self-care in our first episode and look at that, it's coming up again. <laughs> uh, so we have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves before we take care of anyone else. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup so we have to make sure that we are taking care of our needs. And even though this person is trusting us in this way, that doesn't mean that we neglect anything about ourselves or anything and everything about ourselves in order to help this person. We need to take care of ourselves and then be helping this person in the capacity that we're able to. If you're in the, not in the position to be helping this person right now, connect them with resources. You know, they did trust you with this and it's important to have that conversation, but if you can't take on any more, be honest with yourself and with them and make sure they're connected to resources. Don't give advice or demand action. So when you're saying that a survivor should do this and, oh, they should just do this, you know, that can create defensiveness within the person who's sharing their story. Uh, maybe they just wanted to share it. Like we said, maybe they're not ready for any kind of action right now. And if you're demanding it, that might make them kind of crawl back a little bit and maybe not want to share more or maybe get defensive and making, you know, reasons for the abuse. There's so many different things that, that can happen when survivors feel like they're in a place where they need to be defensive Been there. Um, so definitely staying away from giving advice or demanding that action. 
Absolutely. And so one of the next things we can make sure that we kind of stay away from, right, when we're having these conversations is taking criticism really personally. And so let's say we're having this conversation. I think it's kind of wise to to think about these conversations. You know, when someone you know is maybe just having a bad day and maybe you go to ask them something or speak with them and they're kind of short with you um, in that moment. Right. Sometimes we're like, oh, I know to, to not take that personally. This person's kind of going through something. Right. So. I apply this here, right? In all these conversations, I, I apply it at that level, that if there's ever any criticism, um, any kind of like negative return towards me, that it's it's not really directed towards me, right? I'm just the person that's sitting in front of them right now and, and they feel safe enough, right? To kind of um, engage with me like that or kind of give me some of that frustration. And so just making sure we don't take that personally in that time. And also we wanna really make sure that we are not reinforcing self-blame. So perhaps throughout these conversations, and again, going back, right, we don't know if this person's really been told that they deserve this abuse, right? You're the reason I did X, Y, or Z to you, hit you, yell at you. Um, you know, if you hadn't done this first, I wouldn't have done that to you. And so there could be a really, a really large amount of self-blame within this person. And so throughout this conversation, if perhaps we hear them, right, with that narrative, maybe, well, you know, but I, I shouldn't have done that. He was right. I should have given him five minutes. Or, you know what, she did warn me that she gets like this. So I should have been looking out better. That was my fault uh, for what she did to me. If we start hearing that kind of language, reaffirming, right, making sure that we're not allowing them to, to carry on with that narrative. So replacing that. You did nothing to deserve that behavior. That is nothing that you deserve in that relationship. You don't deserve to be treated like that. You don't deserve to be spoken to like that. And again, just that simple language change is gonna be a really big deal in their reframing process, right? How they think about themselves, how they think about relationships and what they deserve. And the last part of this is do not touch this person without consent. So let's say, especially if this is someone you love and care about and you really dive into a heavy conversation, it's probably gonna be pretty natural or human reaction. Maybe we wanna reach out, right, and touch them or bring them in for a hug. We have to recognize that if this person's been going through these things, again, they've had their power and control taken away. Everything we've kind of provided you so far is a guideline to how to empower this person, right? Letting them make their own decisions, not trying to save them. And so consent of their body is an obvious big one, right? To kind of model that. But especially maybe they've been going through things, right? And been going through situations where things have been happening to their body without consent, we absolutely do not want to be re-traumatizing them, right? Or triggering them in that way. And simply asking them if this is someone that you do know, right? And it's appropriate. If you want to give them a hug, is it okay if I hug you? Is it okay if I just put my hand on your shoulder? And that's really powerful, right? For them to be able to kind of make that choice for themselves in their body. And so I think it's really important to think about all of this is a way of empowering someone else. We can never make someone do something they don't want to do. Um, again, think about that average. It's, it's on average going to take someone seven times to actually leave an abusive relationship. And so the best thing we can do is, again, empower them and show them that we support them, we don't judge them, and that we're here for them. And that's really, I think, one of the main points to this.
Absolutely. And I think it's really important to know that victims and survivors have a different level of readiness, right? Like just because they're disclosing abuse to you and what has been happening and sharing that with you does not mean that they want to leave right away or that's exactly what they're looking for. They may just want to talk to someone and vent about what's going on. They may not even self-identify as like a victim of domestic violence, right? Or any type of abuse. So it's really important to just be understanding and really be empathetic with what they're saying and really find out from them, like, what is it that you're wanting to do? You know, are you wanting to leave? Are you wanting me to connect you to resources? Are you wanting me to just support you, hear you out, validate your feelings? Um, and so it's just super important not to have those high expectations for someone when they do disclose the abuse, because it really just depends on their readiness. Yes. And I think this conversation that we're having with you guys is so important because I know so many people have been in this situation you know, maybe have come to us at Live Violence Free and have asked, what do I say to a friend? And so hopefully this helps that a little bit uh, because it can be so important how your response comes out, what you say, uh, and you want to be supportive to that person, of course. And so I hope that this made our listeners a little bit more prepared for these really important conversations because the truth is, survivors might go to friends and family before they come to someone like live violence free or police you know it's very very common that they tell someone else first so if we can share this knowledge and equip others with this uh, we'll have more survivors who are feeling empowered sooner which is what we want yeah and let's say anyone maybe you have further questions um about these topics today maybe you know you were just left thinking i would love to have just heard a little bit more or maybe i have a situation right now and i'm really struggling even after today to kind of figure out how to to navigate it and so you'll see um for all of our all of our listeners that are watching our video version um, on whatever platform you'll see we have an infographic that we're sharing on the screen and that actually includes our email address and so we wanted to give listeners a way to connect with us directly um, ask us questions elaborate on some of the things that we were talking about even just provide insight and feedback and, and be part of the conversations that we're having here and so for our audio listeners the email address to reach us at is outreach at liveviolencefree.com and so if, again, anyone just has any further questions about how to have these conversations, a situation in particular, please reach out to us. And of course, that email is also available. Let's say you really want um, to, us to talk about a certain topic in an episode. Absolutely. Just shoot us an email. We would love to hear from our listeners. Um, but again, we really hope that this conversation today was really empowering because this could be a really scary, this could be a really scary conversation to have, right? And if we... Mm-hmm want to just make sure that we are kind of primed and ready to support others in every way possible, especially in this way, right? In navigating healthy relationships and abuse. And, you know, it's it's not always going to be easy. JC mentioned at the beginning, not every situation is going to be the same. But as long as you're focusing on really empowering that person and just providing that non-judgmental support, you're doing the best you can, right? And so just keep those things in mind. That list of do's and don'ts we went over is also listed on our website. So if you go to www.liveviolencefree slash one conversation, both all one word, um, you can see on our one conversation page, we have all this information listed to you or for you as well. So you can always go back and refer to it outside of this episode. And so with that being said, we're definitely gonna leave you with 
a nice little meditation session as we always do. And our lovely JC is gonna lead for us today. So during this breathing meditation, you will focus on your breath. This can really help calm your mind and relax your body. There's no right or wrong way to meditate. Let's begin by finding a comfortable position. So go ahead and close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. If you're not, go ahead and focus on one spot in the room. Relax your muscles, roll your shoulders slowly forward and then slowly back. Slowly lean your head from side to side. Your body will continue to relax as you meditate. And now bring your attention to your breath. Just noticing the rise and fall of your stomach as you breathe in. And as you breathe out, notice the cool air flowing in through your nose as you inhale and the warm air as you exhale. As you breathe in and out. If you find your mind wandering away from your breath, simply let the thoughts pass by. Bring it back to noticing each breath in and out as they follow one after the other. Continue, continue to breathe in and out. Now as you inhale, count silently one. As you exhale, count one. Count each inhalation and exhalation as one. Wait for the next breath and count again. One. Inhale. One. Exhale. One. Inhale. One. Exhale. One. Again, inhale. One. Exhale. One. Again, inhale. Exhale. Continue to breathe in and out. Inhale positivity and exhale negativity. Inhale. Exhale. Now, now it's time to gently reawaken your body and mind. Now bring your attention back to the room. Slowly open your eyes. And I hope this is relaxing. This is a really quick and easy meditation you can practice every day. You know, maybe you're on a drive. Please don't close your eyes if you're on a drive. <laughs> but you can continue to do some breathing techniques by breathing in and out. I feel like I just took a nap, to be honest. That was lovely. I don't know what it is. I was just going to say, I'm looking at myself on the camera when I open my eyes. It's like, okay. <laughs> I think counting in and out one, that's, I don't know why that just adds, I feel like a whole other layer to just kind of sinking a little bit deeper. So thank you so much for that, JC. That was amazing. And so I just want all of our listeners to kind of remember after this conversation today that you are powerful. Your words, your actions are powerful. They're important. If you end up finding yourself in a conversation like this, just 
remember and think back to, I, I like the idea of thinking back to your intention, right? And your language and your body language, because I think we all recognize, I think we've all been in a conversation where that's come into play, right? Maybe someone just the way they've approached us, the way they spoke to us, maybe at that time we really needed to hear the information they had, but their approach just did not enable us to hear that information, right? And so just thinking about that going forward. And is there, I don't know if you had any other takeaways from the day either one of you would like to share. I just wanna say there's no excuse for abuse and that's something that's really important and critical for anyone to understand. There's no way that you can cause someone to be abusive towards you. There's no excuse for it. So just being mindful of that. And if you are a victim that's experiencing abuse, it's just really important for you to know that you're not alone. Um, there is help and we are here to help you and we will meet you where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. And I love just talking about how this is all about empowering the survivor everything that we do at Live Violence Free, you know, we're working on empowering those survivors. We're trying to work ourselves out of a job by stopping violence before it begins, of course. Uh, but unfortunately, when it happens, we definitely focus on what that person needs. Absolutely. And so just by being here today and listening into this and having this conversation with us, I think it speaks volumes, right? And it really shows um, the level of which you you want to really create impact, right? And the way that you want to support others. And so I think just applaud yourself for taking the time today to receive this information, to empower yourself with this information. And again, we're all about empowerment, right? We can't, we can't help someone else unless we're empowering ourselves and we can't provide support to that person unless we're really empowering that person. Mm -hmm. And so thank you guys so much for being here with us today. All of our listeners out there, we really appreciate it. And we hope to have you all back for our next podcast. Thank you very much.